It was a big day of High Rocks racing in LA and Frankfurt on the 10th of December 2022. There were a number of top athletes in attendance, not only because they were the last races of the year, but because they were also the last chance to qualify for the elite races at the regional championships. In the home of the Frankfurter, who was hot and went out like a whippet, who was a star in LA, I've got all of that along with some interesting sled talk, some of my thoughts around the Elite 15 qualifying, and much, much more. Okay, so just for clarity for anyone who isn't completely aware, there are elite races at the regional championships. So there's a European championships towards the end of January, and there's a North American championships at the start of February. They're going to be held in Maastricht and Chicago, and like I say, there's elite races there. To qualify for those elite races, you have to have one of the 15 fastest pro times of the year in the men's or women's division. Uh, the races in LA and Frankfurt were the last chances to qualify for those. The top five finishers in the elite races at the regional championships will win some prize money, and the top three finishers will automatically qualify for the elite races at the world championships in Manchester. And finally, it doesn't matter where you raced or where you come from, if you're in that top 15, you're eligible to run at both the regional championships. So if you qualified in Europe and you're from Europe, you're still eligible to race at the North American Championships. Je m'appelle Claude. You're the coupe plow. <laughs> so let's start by looking at the men's pro division in Frankfurt, where the top four finishers all ultimately qualified for those elite races. It was won by Thiago Lusa in a time of 57.54. That's actually the fastest men's pro time we've seen all year. Uh, second was Florian Gast in a time of 58.40. Third was Jonathan Wynn. I've recently interviewed him on my YouTube channel and podcast, so you can check out that interview. It's really, really interesting. He did a time of 58.48, which is a PB for him. And then in fourth was Elta Hutkis in a time of 59.19. So yeah, the top four finishers in the men's pro division in Frankfurt all finished in under 60 minutes. And like I said, all qualified for the Elite 15. I contacted Thiago after the race and he told me this. Hello guys, I'm Thiago Loza. Thanks for the invite. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm going to do the race recap from IROX Frankfurt. It was a very, very well organized race. It's German thing, so it worked perfectly. The um, rock zone was very well organized. It was a big rock zone. The best athletes did 415, 420 um, plus, so it's a large rock zone, but it was very, very clear and organized, so it was easy for us to get in and get out of the workouts. About the specific workouts, uh, they were like they always are. The sleds are now standardized, the carpets are always the same, at least here in, in Europe on the events that I've been a part of. So I felt uh, the same as in other events, sometimes because of the uh, lots of crowd, lots of humidity, lots of athletes passing and sweating to the carpet, you can notice that it looks or it may feel a bit heavier, but this time it was it was okay. Then the running course was very good, only nine corners, so two laps plus a straight line. Uh, it was large, people were respecting the fast lane, so that helped a lot. And then there were a lot of good athletes, because this was the last European event before the qualification to the European, European Championships. A lot of athletes that already had times under 103, 102, so it was a very good field and that can make us push harder. About my own race, I have raced previously 14 days 
uh, before in Madrid. So I knew exactly and perfectly my shape, my condition and know exactly where to push. I did some adjustments, uh, nutrition, the rest. I only had 14 days, so it was like three or four days to recover, four or five days of hard work and then three or four more days to, to recover. I traveled the day before, it was a very good and smart choice because as you can see, I'm a bit with, with the cold now because of the temperature difference between Portugal and Germany. And also in Germany, we are not used to very cold on the outside and very hot inside the buildings. And that um, makes a huge difference for us. So it was very good to go only on the day before because only after the race, I started to feel a bit uh, ill. So it was a very good race and I'm looking forward to train uh, and to compete on the European Championships. Um, as always, I, I think that I did many mistakes and there's a lot, a lot of room to improve on. So I hope I get better and faster for the European Championships. See you in Maastricht. Both Thiago and John raced in Madrid a couple of weeks ago and uh, this time in Frankfurt that they both got was fairly significantly quicker than what they got in Madrid. Now that could be for a number of reasons. It could be down to what race they prioritised, whether they learnt something about their own performance when racing in Madrid that they've been able to make improvements on since. Uh, but it's also worth considering in Hyrox, which is in theory standardised as much as possible, could the venue have played a part in their significant improvements in such a short space of time? I think there's a few factors here that I've learned from looking at the floor plan and also speaking to athletes who were at both those events. By all accounts, the running track was quieter in Frankfurt than it had been in Madrid. And the Frankfurt track was only two and a half laps of running, which really helps as well because you're turning less corners. Uh, the Burpee Broad Jump, that was just one straight line of 80 metres, no turning around halfway like you often have to do in, in many of the hierarchies. So that will have saved a few seconds, certainly. But let's also talk about everyone's favourite subject, the sleds. Now, I don't know how true this is, but I saw some talk before the Frankfurt event had started that they were using the other side of the carpet for this event. There is some talk and some data uh, that I've looked at that shows that as the carpet gets used more in higher rocks, uh, the sled times start to slow down a little. Now, who knows why that is completely, but it's safe to say that there is some data that suggests the first time a carpet gets used, uh, the sleds seem to be a little bit quicker. And I'm planning a YouTube video on that that shares some of that data some more. But yes, by all accounts, or at least a rumour, is that the carpet had been turned over for this Frankfurt event. Now that makes sense. If we are seeing the carpet slow down the sled times throughout the season, then it does make sense, if it's possible, to turn the carpet over and, and essentially start afresh. I wouldn't say that that necessarily has resulted in ridiculously quick sled times in Frankfurt, but both uh, John Wynn and Thiago's sled times were quicker in Frankfurt than they had been in Madrid, so that could have played a part in their improvement in times. The differences, though, certainly weren't hugely, hugely significant and couldn't have accounted for their total improvement, but it might have been a factor. I know there's been a lot of talk on some of my Instagram posts about the inconsistencies between venues and could that have influenced who ultimately qualified for these elite races, and it may have done, but to be honest, I think Hyrox have done a really good job of standardising as much as possible and now it is just part of the sport. There will be some venues that are slightly quicker than others for numerous reasons, but I don't think it's as significant as a lot of people like to think. In terms of results in LA in the men's pro race, Ryan Kent won it in a time of one hour, one minute and three seconds. 
Rich Ryan was second in 102.19. Rylan Shadegh was third in 102.33. So they're very, very good athletes, top athletes really. We'd probably expect them all to go faster potentially eventually. But I don't think Hirox has been a particular focus for them up to this point this season. They've been working towards like the DECA World Championships, for example, uh, which has meant they've all ultimately failed to qualify for the Elite 15. This means that there is just one American man in the top 15 this season, which is Dylan Scott. Now, many might say that the US venues must obviously be slower then, but I don't think that's the case at all. Um, there was talk that American sleds were slower last year, but now the sleds have been standardised across the globe, which is great. Uh, honestly, I do think there are a couple of main things here, uh, which is really lack of racing opportunities for the Americans and lack of prioritisation. Uh, in terms of prioritisation, like I said, uh, many of those top guys have been focused on DECA as opposed to Hyrox uh, so far this year. If I look at some of the top guys in Europe in Hyrox uh, qualifying, then I feel like those guys have been really totally and utterly focused for the most part on qualifying for that elite race in Hyrox, probably for the last six months in reality. And I don't think that's been the case for many of the Americans. In terms of racing opportunities, I think there's only been four races in the US this year and they are reasonably spread apart. It is much harder for an American to race in Hyrox than it is certainly in some, for someone in mainland Europe. So that will also be a significant factor. That's just my opinion, obviously, but there's certainly many Americans that like to comment on my post or DM me to say that this proves that American venues are much slower than Europe, and honestly, I just don't think that's the case. So while we're talking about the men, I will just read out the Elite 15 qualifiers. So it's Thiago Lusa in first place, Tobias Lautwein is second, Dylan Scott third, Florian Gast in fourth, Jonathan Wynn in fifth, uh, Alexander Ronkovic in sixth, Michael Sandbach, 7, Tim Wenich in 8, Elta Hutkis in 9, Tom Hogan in 10th, Joffrey Voisin in 11th, Peter Schiller in 12th, James Kelly, I've also interviewed him on my YouTube channel, check that out, it's a really interesting interview, he qualified in 13th, Martin Michaelius in 14th and Dieter Schwarzkopf in 15th, so well done to all of those. All of those, like I mentioned, uh, qualified with a time of under 60 minutes. The median time for those qualifiers is actually 48 seconds quicker than the top 15 for all of last season. So times are certainly getting much quicker, the standard getting much higher. And the standard deviation of those times was just 39 seconds, which essentially means that it is all very close between the 15 of them, which should make for a really, really good race when we see them at the regional championships. Now let's take a look at the women. In the women's pro race in Frankfurt, it was won by Magdalena Schubert in a time of 106.44. Beatrice Ardell was second in 108.55 and Tanya Thies was third in 109.05. Uh, Magdalena gets into the top 15 there with, uh, with her time, which is the 14th fastest time of the year. And I think that was nearly a six minute PB for her. So well done to her. Meanwhile, over in LA, the women's pro race, uh, some very impressive athletes lining up here, just like in the men's pro side. It was ultimately won by Lauren Weeks, who won in a time of 105.12. She's an ex-world record holder in high rocks. Uh, Camilla Massa was second with 107.25. 
and Chris Rogloski, who is last season's uh, winner of the World Championships higher-ups, is, uh, she got a time of 109.50. And that puts, Lauren, Lauren's time puts her eighth in the Elite 15. Camilla's time gets her the 18th fastest time of the year so far, and Chris's time is 29th fastest. I think the reality is there's a good chance we'll see Camilla at the North American Championships, at least if she's available for that, because uh, it, it does places roll down if certain athletes don't accept their place. And I would expect that there'll be certain European-based uh, qualifiers who won't travel to Chicago for the race. So there's a good chance that we'll see the place roll down to Camilla. I suspect it won't go down as far as Chris, though, in 29th fastest time. So last season's uh, World Championship winner won't be featuring at the regional championships in all likelihood. Again, I think that, like on the men's side, comes down to prioritisation of higher-ups so far this season. Uh, it's not been a priority for Chris up to this point. She's done a lot of Spartans, Ultras, uh, Deckers, I suspect we will see her go faster eventually throughout the rest of this season. So I wouldn't write her off for the World Championships just yet. But at the moment, the prioritisation hasn't been there. And that means that she hasn't qualified for those regionals. So the Elite 15 on the women's side looks like this. Michaela Norman is in first with her world record time of just over an hour. Uh, Megan Jacoby is second. Linda Meyer third. Miriam Von Rohr in fourth. Terry Jackson in fifth. Viola Overlander in 6th, uh, Ida Matilda Steensgaard in 7th, Lauren Weeks in 8th, Ancha Hardis in 9th, Alandra Greenlee in 10th, Felicity Cole in 11th, Jacqueline Lippenmeyer in 12th, Jan Thompson in 13th, Magdalena Schubert in 14th, and Sophia Kaiser in 15th. The standard of the women competing in high rocks this year has dramatically increased versus last season. Those top 15 times, the median of those is already 1 minute and 50 seconds quicker than the uh, Elite 15 from the whole of last season, which is fairly significant. So yes, that's both the Elite 15s finalised. The next race will be in Maastricht at the European Championships. We don't know for definite just yet who is actually going to race and, and travel there. You know, will we see all of the uh, American qualifiers, for example, travel to Maastricht? We don't know. I believe that they need to confirm whether they will by December the 23rd. If they don't, like I mentioned, it will roll down to the next fastest qualifier. Uh, there is prize money on offer. I believe it's $7,000 for the winner, $3,500 for second place, 2000 for third, 1500 for fourth, and 1000 for fifth. Something that I brought up on my Instagram channel recently was questioning whether it makes sense to have essentially, potentially, the same lineup at both the European Championships and then a few weeks later in Chicago. It's decided now for this season, obviously we wouldn't expect it to change, but for future seasons, should it be limited to where you qualified as to where you race? If your qualifying time was based in Europe, then you qualify for the European Championships, and if you qualify in North America, should you only be allowed to race in the North American Championships? I don't know the answer, it's just a question I'm raising uh, and questioning whether it would be more exciting to watch if we're going to watch uh, a completely different set of athletes race at the European Championships and the North American Championships or will it be better to watch the same set of athletes battle it out again three weeks later? I don't know, like I say, I'm just raising the question. I think the counter-argument to that, if they were going to separate it, 
would be that, especially on the men's side, the Americans haven't been anywhere near as fast as many of the Europeans this year. So you could question, do they deserve to have their own North American championships where they can qualify for world championships if they're not as fast as most of the Europeans? You could also argue that if we want to see many of the top athletes in the sport, then we need to give them as many opportunities to earn money from competing as possible because there is a significant training commitment and travel commitment to performing at the top level in this. And if we take away their opportunity to earn from potentially earn from two races as opposed to just one, then that reduces their potential income and we may detract some of the top performers from the sport. Away from the pro divisions and the elite 15, there were some age group world records broken in Frankfurt at the weekend. In the men's open 60 to 64 category, uh, Stefan Eichhorn uh, won it in a time of one hour, 12 minutes and one second. That's a very, very impressive time for someone in that age group. Uh, I've mentioned in a few videos recently how those in like the 50 plus categories, if you like, seem to really, really be raising the bar week after week. And this time here is very, very impressive and smashes the previous record. Uh, also in the women's doubles in the 40 to 49 age group, uh, Alexandra Vargin and Martina Gors won in a time of 101.07. That's a new age group world record. And in the men's doubles 60 plus category, it was won by Pascal Blaise and Marino Milinka in a time of 1.17.48. Jennifer Nicolaus won the uh, 30 to 34 Women's Open with a time of 1.02.46. Again, that's a new age group world record. And then finally, the Women's Relay world record was also broken in a time of 1.04.12 by Martina Gores, Ellen Sinclair, Alexandra Vargin and Dina Hogan. Uh, Dina Hogan, I have also interviewed on the YouTube channel. Really interesting interview again, so check that out when you get a chance. For everyone who competed at the weekend, well done. You went out, you did a hard thing, and that's something to be proud of. Please give this video a like, subscribe to our podcast and to our YouTube channel. It does help a lot, uh, and I will talk to you again soon.